Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. What's going on here? Resistance is futile. This, indeed you are, Paul, is... It's in my hand! Fan Effect. Welcome to the Fan Effect Podcast, sponsored by our friends at the Megaplex Theaters, Utah's premier movie entertainment experience company. I'm your host for this mini-review today, Kellyanne Halverson. And just so you know, since the last time you heard from me... I did get braces, so you'll hear a little bit of a lisp as I speak over the next six months. <laughs> and as we move into the box office weekend, the question on everybody's mind is, can The Rock's Black Adam save the DC Universe? And the short answer is, kinda, but not in any groundbreaking way. It really is formulaic fun with more mature themes of violence and war than some more family-friendly superhero fodder. But it leans too much on the likability of Dwayne The Rock Johnson to draw an audience without really developing the character Black Adam or Teth Adam, as he's called throughout the majority of the movie, into anything more likable. Uh, now, let me explain. <laughs> I am known as a pretty rabid DC Comics fan uh, with a stated goal to work there someday and help them get back on track and keep on track. Um, I'm such a fan of DC Comics, uh, the characters, that the quality of movies that Warner Brothers has been pumping out has not really bothered me per se. But the fact that they keep restarting and retconning every few shows or years if it comes to the comics – so I was ecstatic to see that the Black Adam was going to be part of the DC Extended Universe. It's actually the 11th film, and it spins off of the 2019 uh, Shazam, uh, which I absolutely loved. I mean, it has Zachary Levi playing a comedic childlike character. It's family fun. It's kind of set during the holidays. I, I absolutely loved Shazam. We had a deep dive on that a couple years, and I'll link that in the show notes here. Uh, when I went to the screening, I purposely did not see the final trailers for Black Adam. Trailers really nowadays give away too much. Uh, so I wanted to go in with an open mind. Uh, so I was surprised when I saw it to see it was more of an ensemble show. DC legacy characters were featured in it. I liked the action. I liked the graphics. And the movie overall was a fun ride. But it did feel so packed of standard movie stuff that it felt a bit rushed at times as well. Like, DC wanted to create their own anti-hero film, not to be confused with any Batman film, which is more of an anarchist. And they already had The Rock signed up for the sequel of Shazam. So they thought, hey, he's likable. So let's give him and his, his own film. Let's make him be the anti-hero. 
In the first ever featured film to explore the, this villain turned hero, Black Adam, we travel from the ancient Middle Eastern feeling state of Kandak to the modern location that still struggles with themes of enslavement, conflict, and occupation. 5,000 years ago, an ancient hero, Teth Adam, was bestowed the almighty powers of the gods by wizards, similar to Billy Batson in Shazam. But after the powers were used for vengeance against a tyrannical king, the hero was imprisoned. Now in modern days, where heroes have returned back to the earth to fight the big bad guys, as well as for the little guys, Teth Adam is released in an act of desperation to protect a magic object from falling into the hands of the enemies and enslavers of Kanda. In a violent rampage, Black Adam obliterates the perceived enemy to the relief of the people of Kandak, but much to the consternation of the Justice Society, whose members sweep in to restrain the ancient man, myth, and legend. The film tackles the familiar theme of who can be a hero? Can we exalt champions who kill and destroy to achieve their goals? As well as the more geopolitical question of what right do outsiders have to interfere and judge goings-on of other cultures and countries. All told through the lens of an ancient family as well as a modern family dealing with parallel problems of loss, conflict, and the universal longing for peace. The cast features not just the immeasurable talent of Dwayne Johnson, but Sarah Shahi as the adventurous intellectual who unleashed Teth Adam to help protect her son, Amun, played by Bodhi Sambongu, and, uh, and to protect her nation as well. Amun not only personifies the need for protection and hope, but provides a lot of comic relief and outspokenness about the needs for heroes and some specific insights on what it takes to be that brand of superhero. Of course, other superheroes joined the ensemble to save the day, included Aldous Hodge as Hawkman and Pierce Brosnan, who expertly captures one of my favorite lesser-known DC characters, Dr. Fate. Seriously, I cheered when he was revealed, uh, but from the other silence in the theater, I guess I was the only one who really knew the backstory of these characters. Uh, seriously, go watch the DC Animated Universe if you want to know these backstories. So you start with Batman the Animated Series, go into the Superman, Justice League, Justice League United. At least watch the Justice Leagues because they're amazing. And you get more of Dr. Fate and um, Young Justice and such. So go go check those out. <laughs> Pierce Brosman added such weight and just knowledge and even vulnerability to the character of Dr. Fate. I really, really liked him. They are joined by their own younger sidekicks, Noah Centino as Adam Smasher and the stunning Quintessa Swindle as Cyclone. There are also two surprise characters that still show at different points, uh, but I'm not going to tell you who they are, who the actors or characters are, because I don't want to spoil it here. Just watch for watch out for a favorite uncle mid-show and make sure you stay for the final cutscene. Now, I want to re-emphasize, wow, that's hard to say with braces, that the movie wasn't bad, just formulaic, and I wish, wish, wish that it gave Dwayne Johnson's character more humor and warmth, which is what we love about him and his performances in the first place. And I also wish they provided more time to really fall in love with the characters to fill for them, as well as the location, so that you cared more about their fate and added more weight into, you know, what the danger of the film actually was. While the premise, design, effects, costumes, and the majority of the music was really cool, some rearranging would have been needed, slowing down on plot points, would have just made it ten times better. In fact, my plus one guess, uh, we sat down afterwards to dinner and discussed the film and kind of just re-edited it and cut it how we would have cut it ourselves. Overall, 
go see the film in theaters if you are a fan of superheroes. It's an entertaining popcorn movie. It's rated PG 13 for sequences of strong violence, intense action, and some language. So leave the tinies at home, particularly as it did flirt with an R rating as it's a highly stylized action violence. I would rate it a B minus, a C plus, but of course I want it to be a box office success, so I can get more DC extended universe movies to love. <laughs> And overall, while critics are kind of panning the filming, audiences are saying they love it. So make the choice for if you want to see it as a fan or a critic. And thank you for listening to this mini-sode review on the Fan Effect podcast. There were a KSL News Radio podcast sponsored by our friends at the Megaplex Theaters. Beyond sci-fi, fantasy, gaming, and tech, we are excited to share with you our knowledge and often arguments on everything pop culture and fandom. Based in the beautiful Beehive State, Fan Effect celebrates Utah's unique fan culture, and we are excited to bring to you local guests that feel the same way. I'm your co-host and producer Kellyanne Halverson. Listen regularly to Fan Effect on your favorite platform at kslnewsradio.com, kslpodcast.com, or on the KSL News Radio app. We hope to have you back real soon for another episode of Fan Effect. Enjoy your weekend. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless, and I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story: the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.